0: Sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yeah, I'm your pal Nate Larkin. We're just plowing ahead here in July of 2021. Uh, On my own again, Aaron Porter... Still uh, on sabbatical out in California. He and I are in regular contact. He's doing all right, but uh, it'll probably be a few weeks before he's back. In the meantime, uh, we are steaming into the second half of 2021, uh, and I feel good. might have something to do with the fact that I'm now on day 25 uh, of not drinking alcohol. I've done this before. I'm not sure why I've jumped on and off the wagon a few times. It's undeniable that I feel so much better when uh, when I'm not uh, when I'm not drinking, and uh, so I'm grateful to be sober—not just from porn and sexual acting out, but to actually be sober from alcohol as well. And and not even uh, it's been it's been actually been painless so far haven't missed the alcohol, and haven't even come close to being uh, tempted, uh, tempted toward any kind of uh, you know, illicit sexual activity. Oh, here's a just a little suggestion. I'm not pushing anybody else to stop drinking alcohol. I don't want to take that away from anybody. I just want to suggest that uh, if you are in a bit of a relapse cycle on porn and you're drinking alcohol, Uh, you might want to experiment with not drinking. It could be that dulling that part of your brain that's responsible for impulse control uh, may not be the smartest thing to do when you're trying to get your feet under you uh, with uh, sobriety around uh, porn or sexual acting out. Just a suggestion. Hey, uh, the big fall retreat now, registration opened just a few days ago on the 1st of July. We got that you know, on board, on schedule. And registration is already just at a break next week, well ahead of uh, you know the rate of registration in any year past. I think there are only four beds left for uh, for singles. If you want to get a single, you better move quickly. And only, I think, only 11 spots in the semi-private rooms. Uh, you have a little, uh, you have a little more leeway in the lodge rooms, but uh, even those nice plush lodge bunk rooms are going to go quickly. So if you have it in mind to attend the fall retreat in Eva, Tennessee, uh, we did have a problem when we first launched the registration site, and it was my fault. I I I didn't notice uh, when I set up the site so that we could accept deposits, you know, so that you could reserve your spot with a a small deposit. I didn't notice that uh, I entered the wrong year for the date that the balance of your payment would be due. For that reason, nobody was able to register with a deposit. So the first uh, 30 guys who registered, uh, registered with full payment. If you tried to register, if you looked at the site, Uh, and wanted to save your place with a 25 or 35 or $50 deposit. And you have those options depending on where you want to stay and you weren't able to do it. Well, you can do it now. We found the problem. We've got it fixed. And I I do hope, uh, I know we're going to have a, we're going to have a full house. It's going to be a great retreat the first weekend in November. Uh, So my encouragement is if you want to go or you think you want to go and, and at You know what? That deposit will be refundable if it turns out for some reason you can't go or if COVID comes back to bite us in the ass and things have to have to be changed. Uh, Nothing to lose. Go ahead and reserve that spot, will you? I hope to see you there this fall. All right. Well, for the last couple episodes of the podcast, we have uh, opened with a mini meeting and feedback on that has been terrific. Guys have enjoyed them. I've enjoyed them. And in the absence of a co-host, I thought, well, let's do it again. Once again, I, I went to Slack, asked for volunteers, got three volunteers very, very quickly. Uh, so so uh, I've got uh, Neil, Mark, and Ben on tap. They're going to join me in a second. And we will have a mini meeting on the Pirate Monk podcast. Whoa, mini meeting, mini meeting. And it is time for this week's Samson Mini-Meeting. Uh joined today by Mark, Ben, and Neil. Thanks, guys, for volunteering to lend your voices, if not your faces. Uh your first names, if not your last names. Uh it's entirely up to you, but to this, this episode of the show. All right. We've now reached the sharing portion of our meeting. In sharing, we speak honestly out of our own experience. We tell the truth about ourselves, knowing that our brothers will listen to us and unless it's broadcast over the internet, will hold whatever we say in strictest, strictest confidence.
2: confidence.
1: <laughs> we try to keep our comments brief, taking care to leave plenty of time for others. We address our statements to the group as a whole, rather than directing them toward any one person. As a rule, we refrain from giving advice to others or instructing them during the meeting, believing that such conversations are best reserved for private moments between friends. All right, fellas, we do not have a pre-selected topic. Uh, I think we'll just, we'll, I, I, Neil, you, you're you a meeting host. Uh, do you use the random topic
2: picker when you, uh, when you in your meetings? Uh, I have used it. Um, most of the time I try to pick the topic in advance.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think yeah, it's quite
2: yeah. common. Most guys just use the random picker or ask for a suggestion.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I love this random topic picker that uh, uh, Jonathan created. Uh, Mark, pick a number between one and six. Four. Four. Okay. I'm going to hit the button four times. Whatever comes up, that will be our topic. Here we go. Uh, One, two, three, four. Oh, an oldie, but a goodie. Surrender Mm -hmm. is the topic today. Uh, of course, we're not confined to that subject. You may uh, speak about anything that's currently commanding your attention. The floor is open.
2: Well, I can get booted down the road a bit. Uh, surrender. Hi, Neil.
3: Hey, Neil. Hi, Neil.
2: Hi, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't attended enough meetings. Uh, I have had to declare surrender. Um, after maybe 50 years of an addiction, it wasn't always an addiction to porn, but it started as a fixation as a child and grew from there. And it went on and on and on until about 15 years ago, I had my D-Day. And for me, it was Discovery Day, not Disclosure Day which means I was a big chicken. I didn't have the nerve and the courage to disclose what I had been doing. I was discovered in a very embarrassing way. And uh, then my journey, of my road to sobriety and to recovery started. And uh, I experienced eight years or so of what I what is called white knuckling recovery. In other words, there's a lot of denial, a lot of uh, discussions, friendly discussions with my evil genius, I like to call them that, and uh, compromises, you know, what constitutes masturbation, what constitutes porn, and uh, I always fell on the other side of the fence. And then um, a few years ago, coincidentally, uh Right before I joined Samson, I came to the point where I had to surrender. Uh, I had to ask God, Father, you you claim in scripture that you can provide a way of escape. And I'm just begging you, please provide it, show me. And uh, he showed me Samson. One of the things he showed me was Samson Society and attending meetings. And uh, at that stage, I had to learn just to surrender my addiction to him, uh, to reach out to him in times of temptation, which continue, by the way, <laughs> you know we, we may walk in sobriety, which means not acting out, not looking at porn, but recovery, which is what we're trying to move towards, uh, is a long process, and it has been a long process for me. And uh, so I have to rely on him whenever I'm tempted, Pray out, reach out to him. Reach out to my brothers, my my Silas, and my Silas. Um, so, yes, finally came to the point where I surrendered my addiction, my temptations, indeed my life, everything I do to him. Thanks, guys. I'm here.
4: Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, I can uh, I can speak to surrender. Um, Hey Ben, you know, hey, hey, hey I'm ben. ben. Yeah, I'm Ben. Thank you. Um, surrender is a is something that hasn't been a one time thing. It's been continual for me, and uh, in my struggle was around uh, woundedness and my my parents, my upbringing, and benign neglect, the way I call it, and it's certainly not intentional. A lot of love there, but just uh, you know, the woundedness of my mom and dad, kind of. Well, it hurt me deeply, and um, so when I I really fought the idea of addiction in my life when I was much much younger, and yet uh, I was deeply involved in it in regards to same sex uh, attraction and acting out, and um, just made some really bad decisions. Um, and really, believe it or not, uh, my journey was long and difficult, and and I, you know, I hid, and I uh, shame really kept me from speaking up in regards to the things that I struggled with, uh, there were ways that I tried to reach out for it. But really, believe it or not, it's been in the last, I would say, two years that uh, I really came to a much deeper place of surrender and understanding about uh, uh, the addiction and how it worked in my life and how I used it to self-medicate in regards to my pain. And uh, I found great freedom in surrendering, and I still continue to find freedom in surrendering to God. And I still have to surrender to God um uh, and i i want to serve him and serve other people and love him and love other people uh and i still find when my emotions um uh, get a little bit out of whack or i'm feeling lonely or tired that temptation can come knocking on my door and then the other emotions that come along with it the sadness the you know shame wants to creep in but you know i remember who i am in my relationship with with christ and uh want to focus on that and and surrender my life up to him but uh I, you know i had to have a strong sense that that won't change that that will be a part of my life and i know that when i do that that i find peace uh in a way that i really need and uh i'm new to samson society and i've really appreciated the relationships that seem to be growing and developing uh, very appreciative of uh, the guys that i've met and the things that uh, i've been i feel free to share with them and they have shared with me so um i i love the topic uh, i struggle with it from time to time and uh, i'm sure it's not going to end but uh i'm okay with surrender because uh, i know as a child of god that that is a right thing to do and i know that there are uh, wonderful benefits of doing it Um, right now where I'm at is, uh, I, I do have some anger uh, towards my, my parents still working through some issues around what they did or didn't do. And, and also the fact that I love them and that it's okay to have those emotions right next to one another, but it sure feels uncomfortable. Um, I don't like it. I wish I wasn't there, but, um, I'm intent on healing. And I think part of my healing is just accepting that surrendering to the truth about it and um just feeling whatever i'm feeling about it and giving that also up to god and knowing that uh that as i can do that that i'll find more more freedom and more authenticity in regards to my relationships and also in regards to my my ability to be present for myself and present to god so um yeah it's it's great to be on a path of growth and i appreciate my Samson Society brothers, and uh, I'm excited about you know continuing with uh, you guys, and that's it for me. And I'm Ben. Thank Thanks, you, Ben. Ben. Hey guys, I'm Mark.
2: Hey Mark.
3: Hey Mark. Uh, surrender for me kind of goes hand in hand with trust. I was raised uh, in a home primarily with my mom, and the message I always got was if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself because people aren't trustworthy. And so I, I took that to heart. Um, and once I, once my addiction to pornography started when I was a young teenager, um, once I realized I had a problem, I, there was no one who encouraged me to be open. I didn't feel safe telling anyone. Um, I wasn't in a, I wasn't a Christian yet. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think that God cared about me because I grew up in a very rigid religious setting where everything was performance based. So I was, God obviously hated me because I had this problem and I couldn't shake it. And, but I had to do it on my own. Um, it took years for me to believe that I could trust other people as well as trust God and allow other people to in to my life, uh, and therefore surrender to the process and surrender to other ideas that are mine.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That was a scary thing for me. Um, having to come to the point where realizing I didn't have all the answers. I certainly didn't have all the right answers. um, and telling other men, telling other people my story forced me to trust them that they're gonna hear it and accept me and not use that information against me And I've uh, I have been burned by people I thought I could trust with my story um, and so it, I've just had to learn when it feels safe and when it doesn't feel safe thankfully in this group in Samson, um, I have not met anyone who's not safe. Mm. to my knowledge. Um, and when I, and there are still days where I struggle with wanting to do it myself. Um, because I got, I got through college and graduate school. I got, I got into my profession and successful in my profession. Um, through a lot of hard work on my own. And so it's hard to realize that this issue can not also be dealt with on my own. This is not, this is a whole different animal and God does not, God didn't create me to figure all this out on my own. (laughs) God, God didn't put Samson in my life so that I could figure it out on my own and occasionally check in and say, Hey, I'm doing all right. I'll talk to you in a few days. It's, Surrendering to the process for me means I need to stay in continual contact with other men. I need to humble myself, which is not always easy. Um, I need to be rigorously honest, which is not always easy. And um, it works. What's that old saying? It works if you work it. Uh, And I'm worth it. Um, Surrender works, but sometimes it's scary. Thanks, I'm Mark.
1: Thank you, Mark. Hey, okay, thanks, Mark. I'm Nate. Hi, Nate. Nate. Uh, for me, surrender means uh, laying down coping mechanisms that I began to develop very, very early in childhood. I have come to believe that addiction really are uh, uh, addictions really are childhood coping mechanisms in full flower. Um, <clears throat> I know that, you know, we're wired to survive and we will find ways to survive Uh, to uh, in order to survive. We need to be attached, connected, uh, and we will do anything, suppress anything, pretend anything. I will. Uh, I think all of us will. Uh, we'll perform. I know that I performed in any way that was required in order to get my primary needs met, or at least feel as though they were met and survive. And, um, along the way, I, uh, I got some pretty messed up ideas. Uh, you know, uh, porn really seemed to meet my need for emotional connection. Uh, It it seemed a surefire way to get a primary need met. And in in order to continue in that behavior, in order for that behavior really to metastasize the way it did and and gradually just take over my life, I had to close my eyes to the truth of what I was doing and uh, what it was costing. Surrender to me these days is giving up my treasured delusions. Uh, You know, as other guys have said, you know, this delusion that I can do it by myself. uh, A delusion that uh, doing so uh, really doesn't cost me anything. I would say that probably, you know, it was, it has been for me Because, like other guys have said, you know, I I was chasing self-sufficiency for so long, Uh, convinced, deeply convinced that I that that I really can't depend on anybody else, that nobody else is really trustworthy, and nobody else cares, and nobody will step up, and nobody will really understand. So I've got to do it on my own. That is a that was a and continues to be a difficult conviction to surrender it's a delusion it isn't true um i'm not i'm not uh created i'm not capable of self sufficiency i can only become the person god has made me to be and enjoy the life that he intends for me to live and enjoy uh if i am in connection with him and with the rest of his creation with those people that he puts in my life uh, and yet i uh it's my it's my shame it's my you know it's my pride it's an
3: ingrained
1: habit <laughs> that uh, that makes me want to, my first instinct so often is to try to do it myself and so uh, I I can surrender things Theoretically, uh, theologically, uh, devotionally, and really, uh, delusionally to Christ, you know, do this spiritual thing while maintaining personal control. Uh, I think for me, the test of surrender is whether I'm willing to surrender to other people. I surrender to Christ by surrendering to the body of Christ. And that means um, telling the truth about where I'm struggling today rather than trying to maintain an image of somebody whose struggles are all in the past. Asking for help, very difficult for me to ask for help. Uh, But asking for help is a very healthy form of surrender. I'm surrendering to reality, I'm surrendering to. To the world of what is, to life on life's terms, to, uh, yeah, to real life. It's, it's crazy that the very thing that gives me life feels like dying when I do it. <laughs> it ends well, but the process is difficult. Uh, so there are some specific things I can do today. That I haven't done yet today. I haven't called my Silas yet today, and haven't gotten current with him. Uh, now I can speak, you know, categorically and vaguely without a whole lot of specificity to you guys, and tell myself that you know I've surrendered today. But that's not true. I've got a phone call yet to make, and I'll make it when this meeting is over. And I know that that phone call will be good for me. It'll be good for my Silas and uh, and the crazy thing about recovery is the only way to win is to surrender
3: thanks I'm Nate thanks Nate
2: thanks Nate
1: (laughs) all right well Mark, Ben, Neil thanks so much for joining me this has been our meeting our mini meeting for this week we'll be back in just a moment on the Pirate Monk podcast (laughs) Well, welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast, and I'm here with a good friend, Jasper Hall of Pure Hope. Jasper, you and I met, got acquainted a few years ago on a great retreat that Noel put together. Yeah, out in uh, out in just a gorgeous spot, Spearfish Canyon in uh, South Dakota. Damn and that. I got to tell you. Brother, I fell in love with you from the moment I met you. You've got a spirit that just exudes caring and love, and you also carry uh, just an aura of capability. Uh (laughs) That's beautiful, (laughs) brother. I I think you had just come on not long before then uh, as kind of the executive director of Pure Hope. Right, right. So uh, we love our listeners to get to know the guests on a personal level. I, I don't know a lot about your background, except you spent a lot of years in the corporate world.
0: You got it. Exactly. Can you,
1: can you spin it all the way back to, uh, to childhood and give us uh, a picture of how you got to where you are today? What's the long and winding road that got you here?
0: absolutely and and first of all thanks again nate for being on with you man and i could not agree more uh there was a kindred spirit from day one in that time together with those men with you uh even on our sidecar ride over to uh uh, rushmore uh to see (laughs) a few things so that was a blessing man i enjoyed that but yeah for me you know childhood you know grew up lower middle class uh You know, typical family scenario, both working parents really plugged in uh, in school to, you know, kind of make a better life, so to speak. And um, my family, you know, they loved me and they were connected, but they were also in that generation where uh, my mom and dad had me. I think it's relevant to our conversation today out of wedlock at at ages Mm -hmm. 16 and 17, respectively.
4: And wow. that, was a,
0: that was a period in time where you said, look, I don't care that you don't love him. He's your responsibility, you know, in yeah, terms yeah, of my yeah, parents yeah, with yeah. each other. So that started our journey. And I really very quickly latched on um, to my mother's side. I was called, you know, definitely considered a mother's boy because they were very much involved in the church. Uh, back then mm-hmm. it was the fire baptized holiness movement.
1: So oh man. Not, you
0: know it. Yeah. So it was not uncommon at all for us to be in revival a number of times a year and Sure. You know, I jumped in and sang in the choir and learned how to play the organ and so it was just such a cool upbringing from that perspective, but it really started to shape my Christian worldview around Mm -hmm. what I call the don't to the don't don'ts, right? Our pastor today talks about that a lot, is here all the things you can't do. And obviously, I'm very familiar with your journey as well, Nate, and Mm -hmm. just this idea of the rights and wrongs and the black and whiteness of it. So therefore, the idea of shame and guilt when you go off the path goes off the chart, right? Sure,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I journeyed through my childhood and young adulthood and good experience through high school. I went to college. I was one of the first kids in my extended family, um, to mm-hmm. even get a college degree. And I'm talking a family where my mom's side had about nine siblings and my dad had about yeah. 11. Wow. Um, and so it's a very large family. So a real blessing to get the opportunity to move to further education. And I had a broadcast journalism background and it was moving towards that degree. And I said, you know, I don't know if I want a career in that, but I also was pursuing music on the side. So I thought, you know, uh-huh. I'm going to be a part of the next, you know, take six and do some vocal jazz and <laughs> harmony and all for the glory of the Lord, you know? Yeah. yeah and, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that was kind of one of my paths. And then I graduated and said, I've got to make a living. So what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. And through a couple of good friends in college and just buddies, I got to know really well, all believers strong in our faith together. We, um, they started working with Microsoft corporation and, uh, yeah. they had opened a location in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm based. And uh, they hired a ton of people just to kick off their support site in this area, still based out of Mm -hmm. Seattle, of course. And I got plugged in there in 93 and worked for 23 years in that space. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. for me, it was always about people, people management, people leadership. I did the technology piece for a while, but I didn't love... When, it, when I got to having to do programming, I said, yeah, I'm out of my depth, so I'm going to have to plug uh-huh. in yeah. on the management side, and, and that was a great move for me. Meanwhile, in a parallel world, I was still doing music and loved uh, pulling together small groups for vocal harmony, a cappella-type style, and did it in mm-hmm. church, and that church piece evolved back to my roots
4: into sure, me helping sure.
0: plant a church in uh, just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, called Transformation. Former NFL guy Derwin Gray is a pastor there. So, mm-hmm. uh, we made a connection, and he said, "Love to have you come and help us launch Transformation." And so, in 2010, yeah, yeah. we launched that church. Uh, I as the music director, and it was a neat experience. It was one of those times in my life where I was like, "Wow, is this what I'm supposed to be doing, Lord?"
4: You know, yeah, do yeah, I yeah, do yeah, I yeah.
0: make this move from corporate America now to this? And it wasn't his timing, it wasn't the exact call for me. And then just from a familiar perspective, my wife and I had journeyed through her having to sort of be the single mom while dad was off doing all this great stuff for the Lord.
4: You know, yeah, I was always yeah, off yeah, leading yeah, at church yeah, yeah.
0: and getting there early yeah. and the band and all that stuff and so when that ended, uh, from an interim perspective, when we launched Transformations, he said, if we're going to do this, it needs to be an us, we thing, and yeah. not just a you thing. Yeah. And yeah, that was yeah. critical for us. And even in our journey, as it relates to yours and my story and where we share, I knew that this was my opportunity to not only step into where God had called me and, and really uh, live out my faith, so to speak, not just in yeah, words. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah.
0: fast forward, I was doing the Microsoft thing. I had said no to taking over the full time position at Transformation. It just wasn't the right timing um, to take on any more and burn the candle at all ends. And yeah, lo and yeah. behold, I get involved with this ministry, which back then was called the Coalition for the Protection of Children and Families, right. as a board yeah. member. And, oh, I see. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So I became a board member based in Charlotte. There was, uh, back then, the model was they had several advisory uh, boards led by executive directors in the different states around the country. And so mm-hmm. I was just helping a buddy. You know, can you help open yeah, doors yeah, in yeah. Charlotte? Tell us about the ministry, et cetera. And back then, we were very focused on whatever the hot topics were in the Christian world, right? If we're talking justice we're talking trafficking, we're talking parenting, pornography, uh, even apologetics, we had mm-hmm. executive directors across the country that hit all of those areas. right? And then right, in right. about 20, 2008, 2009, kind of downturn in the economy, we said, okay, what are we really about as a ministry? And then I was a board yeah. member at the national level based in Cincinnati. I would make a trip every year and we had discussions around You know, what are we really focusing on? We've got to really narrow the focus. We're doing too much. We can't afford to continue doing too much. And Noel Boucher, our our, uh, Uh uh, uh, colleague that we're connected with jointly, had just come in as the VP. He was moving into the new CEO role, and he pulled me to the side. He said, bro, and you know how he does that, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, he said we got we've got to think about the future of where this ministry is going, and I feel like there's a there's a time now for us to think about what are we for, and not what are we against. Yeah, yeah and so this yeah, idea yeah. of the coalition against pornography, where it started in the '80s, and then even coalition for the protection of children and families. It had that air of uh, when you hear coalition. Obviously, you think, okay, well, what are they about? What's this agenda? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so that was where Pure Hope was birthed. And again, I was Mm -hmm. a board member. Eventually, became the board chair, and Noel was the CEO. So we were connected at the hip. Yeah, sure. The name Pure Hope really was born out of the idea of you can't give what you don't have, and what we are offering is hope in Jesus. Yeah, we're doing yeah. it through the lenses of the purity conversation, not the don't the not don't don't that we talked about earlier, right. right, but right, 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 right what right. is God's better story and what is purity? What is becoming pure uh, over the course of a lifetime being made pure? Um, so that relationship continued to flourish. And eventually uh, 2015, I had a chance to transition from Microsoft full time mm-hmm. to pure hope. And Noel looked at me one day, we were pre- prepping for a board meeting and he said, bro, what can i pray for you about? and mm-hmm. i said man i think my season's ending at microsoft i need to figure out you know what what god's calling me to next and yeah. sure enough he said we hung up the phone on this prep call and this was hilarious nate he goes i'll be praying about that i said great 20 minutes later he called me back and said all right i heard from the lord i prayed you <laughs> yeah. need to come to your home
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, just yeah. this
0: funny thing. And we vetted it, we talked to the board, all that stuff. And I resigned from the board, became the president of Pure yeah. because he remained as the CEO at that time. So we were just sort of tandem, you know, lead execs yeah, for the sure, organization. Sure, sure. The idea there was how do we go more broad? How do we go more wide? Still fairly unknown as a ministry in the Christian community and context. Yeah. But we really took a, a really concerted effort to say, we're about. Uh, a world free of sexual brokenness is our vision.
4: Back yeah, then, the yeah, mission yeah.
0: was really more focused around we're equipping you, you being whoever you are, right, uh, from right, a right, church right, faith-based right. perspective, to pursue purity through relationship with Jesus. It's the only way. Mm-hmm. Core verse yeah, being First yeah. John, John 3, 3, all who have this hope fixed on him purifies mm-hmm. himself as he is pure.
4: Yeah, and it, yeah, and it yeah, moves yeah. that
0: pressure, right? Like I it's not sure. something I have to sustain and do. So that was so hopeful for me. It changed the game. I'm now engaged on the team and this is my primary life focus. And it has been amazing. And we've tweaked even more since then. You've met one of our new uh, team members, Josh Livingston. In fact, you were yeah. on with him in our yeah. podcast and he's now an executive director with the organization. I remained as a uh, president from a title perspective and then Noel has moved on to add some more things to his resume while he Mm -hmm. still writes for us, speaks and that type of thing. Um, He's moved into more of a freelance contractor type of role, but very much engaged in the ministry, uh, leading teaching where opportunities present themselves. So that's how we got to today, brother. And it's just been an amazing journey. I mean, a lot of anecdotal commentary around, you know, my faith growing and trusting God to lead a a nonprofit stepping out of a corporate perspective. Yeah, but just yeah. really recognizing the depravity and culture of, you know, obviously when we talk about, you know, Samson, and the pirate monk, the men and the struggle, we talk about families. Um, our mission has sort of evolved. we we COVID allowed us to be a little more clear and crisp about what we're doing and focus in. So even since we talked last, we, the vision is still a world free of sexual brokenness. Yeah. But really yeah. missionally. We are reframing how the church views sexual purity. The big there you go, because the culture's already said, "Well, we can help you with you know the design. We can tell you how to you know your truth, your sexuality, whatever you want it to be, right?" So they've got the whole redefining, if you will. No, we want to reframe and pull it back into view for the believer to say, "God's design is Genesis one, male and female image bearer." So we're going to continue to do things that are helping reframe and point us back to Jesus and relationship, because mm-hmm. we know purity is not an accomplishment, but a relationship with the one who is pure.
1: Yeah. Even yeah, though the culture is yeah, going to yeah.
0: say sex is about I- about activity, we know it's about identity, and identity yeah, in Jesus. Yeah. So that was yeah, a, a long yeah. um, kind That's of dissertation there, but it good. really unpacks kind of soup to nuts where we are, what we're doing. And, and we do it, you know, missionally a lot with churches in partnership with Christian schools. Mm-hmm. We spent uh, a couple of weeks, uh, uh, two or three months ago with an actual school, middle school and high school students unpacking mm-hmm. this story, understanding right. God's better story of sex. What do we do to protect ourselves with technology? And then yeah. connecting the dots, right? Let's talk about, hey, hey, when the, we broke out the ninth grade boys and said, So here's the deal. We're going to keep it real with you guys. You just met us. You don't know us. We leave in two days. But the reality is this. If you're choosing to consume where you think trafficking is horrendous and terrible and that level of objectification is horrible, I like to say anecdotally, no one woke up one day and said, I've got a great career idea. I'll be a pimp. I'll be a trafficker. It right, started right. somewhere with that initial depravity, and all of a sudden you wake up one day, as you know well, and we've mm-hmm. talked about before in your story, never thought I would be here. How did I right. get here? Yeah, and so yeah. that God's opening lots of doors with schools. We're doing a ton of work now in Africa, starting in West Africa and Togo with an advocate we have now that's in over 17 countries delivering our message to families and parents and other ministries. Wow. That, during COVID, wow. I had a chance to do about three Skype calls with a dear brother and pastor friend now in Faisalabad, Pakistan. Um, wow. And, and it was really interesting because he'd seen some of the work we were doing in Africa and he said, of course, he calls me dad and he tries to uh-huh. pastor. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I'm not a pastor. So he's like, dad. But he, he said, uh, we need this message here. You know, how do mm-hmm. I, can you do a Skype call and I'll translate in your D. And he did. He had over 800 students in a room and we talked about how to honor God with your body. So I think bringing it full circle, yeah, the message is for everyone and that's Mm -hmm. the vehicles that we're using. But obviously we do a lot of work with men and men's groups, women's groups, and then just families holistically through church and Christian school.
1: Yeah. 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 I've heard this language recently. Uh, the culture catego uh, i'm sorry catechizes us the, go, we go back to the catechism right yes so, yes so okay so so church does catechism for an hour a week the culture does catechism for how many hours a day yes how many days a week right yes. right 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 exactly uh yeah so uh, are you guys uh producing curriculum or materials that churches can use?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, what the, have you got going? Describe it. Yeah. So first. the way, so way that's working now
0: is historically, we've always done uh, curriculum. In fact, one of the transitions in that name change, et cetera, was moving from more of an in-person conferences, doing all those things, just speaking around the yeah, country. Yeah. We said, right. yeah, we got to figure out a way to not just nail this, but also scale it Because we're still a fairly small team, right? So we made a decision then, let's create world-class content. So we were blogging. We were you know, doing great newsletters twice a month. We were doing a journal once a quarter, beautiful piece that oh, we Oh, that have. journal is beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's great, great pieces. And then for a while, we were even doing a summer internship. We had about 45 students go over nine years to summer internships, and they contributed to a magazine that we were producing. And mm-hmm, we had three volumes mm-hmm. of that. But then we started looking at the return on investment on that of the commitment for those students for a summer and the sustainability of that with our staff wasn't as efficient. So we said, look, we've got to synergize, be relevant with the culture, what folks are doing. So that born our podcast, a world free podcast with pure hope. And we're now in season three. You've been a guest on a number of times with us and it's really the conversational piece of how we go deeper, right? Let's, let's talk about this. Let's expose um, the yeah. guilt, sin, and shame around this, but let's talk candidly about God's better story and that we have yeah. hope in Him. Uh, we launched uh, about three months ago our first app, and it's a beautiful app. There's tons of apps out there. Obviously, people are like, I'm over apps, etc. but you know when you're willing to endorse your own stuff, it's probably yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. and so I yeah, will do yeah, yeah. that by saying one of the things we have on there is called a daily hope. And mm-hmm. Noel Boucher writes those for us primarily right now. And yeah, it's yeah. just a great thought to kick off your day. That we've heard stories from a UPS guy that says, Hey, I'm glad that you um, send it out at midnight because at 4 a.m. when I get up, my wife and I start our day with the daily hope. There you go. And then you've got all these other tips and tricks in there. And you've got uh, yeah. some videos and things that are just so helpful from a resource perspective at your fingertip.
1: So yeah, the, yeah. App, you the, know, you the app What's the name of the app?
0: It's uh, it's literally just a Pure Hope app that you can just query on Pure Hope as one word in Google Play Store, okay. App Store, et cetera, and download right. the app. It's great. Um, we've I mentioned the podcast. We also Nate. This is exciting in in the fall. I don't have a target date just yet, but we're launching our first book. And oh, the nice. book is the book is the pursuit. And then there's a sub subline under that that I don't remember at the moment. My team's gonna uh-huh. get on me when they hear this, but
2: <laughs> but it but it basically
0: is is a synopsis and summary of all of what Pure Hope is about and what we do. Right, and we right, in 40 right. years we've never done a book. So yeah, we're yeah, hoping yeah. that this will be a great opportunity to get resources in hands to say this is what this ministry is all about, what we do. And then you've got an app as a follow-up, you've got a podcast. We also, as a part of the pursuit, Dan Martin, our um, training and partnership director. has worked on content that will be a flow of the pursuit to train advocates in our message. So like our advocate in Africa, he is equipped to go and deliver training anywhere. So Mm -hmm. now we have Mm -hmm. content in in the form of curriculum. It's a five-part session piece where you can just dive into each aspect, understanding God's better story, the connection between porn and trafficking, so on and so forth. Once you do the deep dive in that, we've got a couple of ways of consuming it. As an example, you know, Dan doing a virtual training over five weeks, an hour a week,
4: deep dive into
0: the content. Now you're, quote unquote, certified to go and deliver that training as an extension of our team. Um, So a lot of that you're going to see appear on purehope.net in the coming week or two. uh, Mm -hmm. Because for the first time we we're working with a marketing company that's going to really help promote that at the next level that we've not done historically. So we've got great touch points great opportunities for ROI on people making investments in the ministry, whether it's time, talent, or resources. And it's super exciting. And then every day, we keep the content from the app to the newsletter, if you're not into apps. We've had a number of people, and I have to say they're mostly my age and older, who say, (laughs) I read the Bible for my devotion. I don't need an app. And so the app is certainly not intended to be a replacement, um, yeah, but yeah, I think it's yeah. a great little supplement, you know, for that quick check in in the morning and starting your day out in the right vein. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I've just been very pleased with where we've been as a ministry and where we're headed and what things are happening now uh, from a resource perspective. And then we still will do conferences. In fact, coming from my musician background, I, I had the brainstorm one day. I said, "Well." We've, we've tried to make a living on church relationships, and that's difficult in a COVID season. It's difficult in a yeah. church and identity perspective in the culture today. So we also are looking at the model where when the pursuit training's done, we have a number of lists of volunteers over the years who've said, if you do anything where I can volunteer or go deeper, right? we're going to go back to that list, and we're going to do conferences and invite people to neutral venues that may not be connected in a church, et cetera there you go you see right absolutely. Uh, I lo- yeah,
1: sure absolutely so we do have uh, you know i feel torn i do feel torn so much of the time um i love the church and i have uh, a real heart of compassion and a sense of mission toward guys in the church who are struggling with uh sexual immorality of one kind or another and they're deep in right. the weeds and they don't know how to get out right that's right exactly okay I also have a real concern for a culture that is becoming, it seems as though with each passing year, more and more distrustful of the church and, and a culture that has lost the vocabulary that the church is used to communicating in. So they no longer, right. So uh, they don't share presuppositions anymore. That's right. The languages, the vocabularies are drifting farther and farther apart. um, And it, It might be easier to get people to come to a neutral location where I welcome the Christians and I welcome the non-Christians, but I'm not forcing. I think it's easier for the Christians to go to a neutral location than it is for some of these folks to go into a church. It is. Nate, you alluded to this with the catechism
0: conversation a few minutes ago, because here's the deal. There's too much noise competing and when, yeah. you're, when you're a little bit undecided or you come out of COVID and you're not sure what the status is of your church or how to plug back in or what does community look like, <laughs> yeah. this is literally what you're left with because otherwise you're being pummeled by every influence outside of that, not to mention – the agenda oh, yeah. that's happening in every other area a- of life and aspect of life in terms of sure, social sure, injustice sure. and you know all these different yeah. things that we're struggling with culturally today. So we definitely want to get out of that box a little bit. And that, that's not an indictment on the church at all. Like you said, I no, 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 I love my church. I love connecting. I understand the need for community and, and the scripture that's clear about not forsaking assembling of yourselves in community. Right. I just do think it has evolved. I think we, we don't want that to become an idol also. Right. Right. exactly. We've got to be able to exactly. step outside of that context and, and still do ministry and connect.
1: Yeah. 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 I think that that maybe uh, as Christian believers, we've kind of fallen into the habit of saying, come in here.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Rather rather than, uh, you know, following Jesus admonition to go and teach. That's right. Right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right yeah, where yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. Right, where right, you
0: are exactly. and come as you are. That's exactly right. right. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: And, yeah. I, and I'm no theologian, right? Like I would never stand up in a debate on all of this, right? Because I'm not interested mm-hmm. in the theological debate. I am interested in the lost soul that's just yeah. looking for hope.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I do think that there is such now there's so much emptiness in uh, the way the culture has gone uh, sexually. Uh, there's so much despair and loneliness and yes. hopelessness that that I do believe that this message that we have, as long as it's not couched in moralistic terms, correct, correct. The don't 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 don't. Yes, right? right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I call myself a hope dealer. Yes, and that re- right. Yes, I people, love that. People desperately need hope, and that is a doorway. Into the into the truth of the gospel, Amen. Which, which which will lead to community, which will invigorate the church, Amen, Amen. Right, but let's not force people to come to the church first.
0: Yes, exactly. And accept
1: the whole program, right? That's right. The that's pe- right. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly.
0: Get lost in the shuffle in some cases, perhaps as well.
1: <laughs> oh, exactly, yeah. exactly. No, I and, think that's unf- my own brother. Yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, I, I hate to say this because. First of all, not to not to blame any of my brothers and sisters in the church because I have been that guy. Right, right. Where my where my prime where my primary interest was in getting people to come in and act right.
0: Yes, exactly. Right, exactly.
1: That's it. You know it exactly. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Let's show the same patience toward the sexually broken that Jesus did. Time and time again, during his earthly ministry, that That's same right. patience that he's extended to us, and let's allow people to be in process. Amen. Amen. Right? That's it. And and let's let's be willing to go to seek and to save those who are lost. All right. Um, well, one thing I do know, and I'm sure you know about recovery, the healing process. Yes, is that there we um, we become wounded healers. And as we're the service is such a huge part of recovery Mm. Um, where it's not just about, yes, it is about, you know, me learning to repent and me learning to ask for help and me seeking healing, all kinds of stuff. But, but really when recovery really takes root and really takes off is when I now engage as uh as a server, as, a, as right. a servant, as a worker, as helping other people. So, That's right. And what I love about Pure Hope is that you are in uh, the business of creating tools yes, and training and equipping people to serve out of their brokenness. That's right. That's right. Right? Absolutely. That's the way the
0: credibility yeah. comes from, right? How can you a- talk about something you've never been through?
1: Right! Yes! Exactly.
0: And I'll be honest with you, Nate, when I got into this, I didn't necessarily have the story, right? I didn't have the mm-hmm. testimony of the brokenness back to hope in life. But then I looked at my three teenage kids that I was raising, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I looked yeah. at being a red-blooded American male myself yeah. and my own depravity. And even though I may not have been practicing certain behavioral things or needing to work towards mm-hmm. behavior modification, I had to be able to teach from that place yeah. and model yeah. it. Yeah, and right. a lot of times my story now, especially I'll speak with a group of men and I'll say, look, one of the challenges here, guys, is that you love hearing from people that are coming in with a sensational story of rags to riches or brokenness to health. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty normal, average guy, but then <laughs> so are most of you. Yes, so let's yeah. talk about the scene of the crime, which is your mind. Yeah, And let's uh-huh. talk about what's happening that's not very present and public. Mm -hmm. And that's where Mm -hmm. the depth and the, you know, the real meat comes from often in those relationships.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, for guys who want to connect with Pure Hope. Right. uh, Or want Pure Hope to connect with them in their church. Absolutely. uh, Right. Uh, What's the best way for guys to connect with you and with the ministry?
0: I would say, and I would encourage 100%, a shameless plug, get the app installed ASAP because it has links to give feedback, links to contact us. You can give through the app. It's got all Mm -hmm. the tools and resources, the podcast you can listen to, and the Daily Hope that gets pushed to you daily. And, of course, you can opt out of that and just look at it at your own leisure. But there's a start. You can certainly go to purehope.net, and there's a contact us there as well. Um, And really right now, I think we're at a place where let's say if a brother is at a place that they've they've been working through recovery, they're in a good place. We have a ton of really good free PDF download resources. There's one called Recovery in a Sexualized Culture, and Mm -hmm. it just gives a high-level view really of God's better story as it relates to recovery and the biblical base around that. But then we've got exploited. We've got parenting. We've got a lot of different resources around that. And I think once you meander through that, you kind of self-identify. This is where I want to plug in or this is what I need. And you make that okay. contact.
1: OK. Well, Jasper, thank you so much for taking the time. We're recording this on a yes, national sir. holiday. You had no obligation. Well, uh, it was a
0: pleasure <laughs> for me, brother. I, look, when <laughs> I saw Nate Larkin's name hit my messenger, I was like, heck yeah, I'm answering. This is it. Because <laughs> I value uh, you, brother, and I value uh, your story and the the humility and servant's heart in which you share it liberally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seeing God's story of redemption with you and your family and your wife. That's where we want to see people find freedom. Yeah, and that's yeah. where the value is yeah
1: yeah 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 well give my love to josh and i will you see that when you see that guy next absolutely Uh, i appreciate so much what you're doing all right well there you are friends listeners stay with us we'll be back in just a moment on the pirate monk podcast Well, that's about it for this episode of the Pirate Monk podcast. Hey, before I, before I sign off, uh, I'd like to ask just this is a personal thing. I'd like to ask for prayer for my family, for specific members of my family. Uh, as many of you know, I'm the oldest of 10 kids, uh, nine surviving at present. My youngest sister, a half sister actually succumbed to a rare genetic disorder about 10 years ago. And now uh, uh, another sister, Ruthie, who's just two years younger than I, is in the final stages of early onset Alzheimer's. It's a tragic situation. Uh, As soon as this is over, actually, I'll be headed to the airport. I'm gonna go visit her. Uh, She won't know who I am, uh, but I'm gonna go spend some time with Ruthie. In Pennsylvania, and then spend some time with uh, with her family. Going to stay with one of her daughters, and we'll visit the other kids and her husband. Uh, this is a, just a it's just a terrible ordeal, uh, a terrible ordeal, and uh, you know, f- especially for Ruthie's kids who watch their mother. Got to be the sweetest woman in the world. Uh, die this long and lingering and you know horrendous death uh it's easy when we're in that you know experiencing that kind of pain that kind of loss to turn our anger onto god to blame him uh and to and to find our way into a very dark place i'd I'd appreciate your prayer for ruthie and for, for her entire family for her sons and daughters and her husband, and actually for her siblings, for my other brothers and sisters, that uh, this experience would not drive us farther away from the source of true comfort, but would bring us closer. Uh, And, uh, you know, should you hear this while I'm still up there? I'll be up there until the 11th of uh, July. You know, a prayer that God would... Give me the grace to be emotionally present in a difficult situation. Uh, the right words to say when it's appropriate to say them, the grace to be silent when that's the better thing to do. I'd appreciate that very much. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Would love to hear from you, by the way. Uh, as always, you can reach us at Pirate Monk podcast at gmail.com. Until next week, when we do have another great guest, I'm Nate, and I'm your pal on the Pirate Monk Podcast.
0: The Pirate Monk Podcast is produced by members of the Samson Society. Send your feedback or questions to PirateMonkPodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. For more information, please visit samsonsociety.com.